how much? Hey, Alvin, 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 hey, Alvin, Alvin! Got his food right here. I was gonna feed him. Hey, hey, stupid cat. Hey, oh, so the dog comes. Is your name Alvin? I'm not feeding you the cat food. Get out of here. Ben's trying to feed the cat. He can't stand the smell of the cat food. It's delicious, Ben. We should try some. Don't you worry. Don't you'll, be, until you try. you'll be eating it soon enough. You got what? You're 13? You got five years. Enjoy what you can. <laughs> That's what you buy when you're on welfare. It's called pate. It's a French food. Comet, I got nothing for you, man. I just fed you, dog. <laughs> Look, see, he loves that last scoop. He's like, oh, thank you. Leave the, Please leave the spoon. <sighs> Comment, what do you want? <laughs> when you're done with that, bring me a cup of ice, please. Chop, chop, Pop Singh. Let's go. <laughs> That's why I had you. Wait, don't throw away. Okay, I thought you threw away the cap. Yeah. I don't want that. Put that out there. No, no, no. That goes out there by the sink. Ice. What do you want, dog? I what? Give the dog some cheese. <laughs> Can you get the dog out of here? Give him a treat or something. Can you bring me some pretzels? Pretzels. Bring bring Bill a treat. <laughs> Bill want treat. Oh, the whole oh, what? See, now you're talking. You bring me the whole container. There you go. That's the way to do it. Nice and slow, see? Twinkle toes Flintstone. Ah, well, by the time people hear this, let me pour some more of this, the last of my Diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, after Scott comes down for Tampa Bay Comic Con and my never-ending summer of Soda Palooza refills at Racetrack runs out, I'm going to go cold turkey on the dew again. Sure you are. Hey, I can do it. I've done it before. I did it before for three months. The only reason I went back is because I had to drive for eight hours. The reason I went back is because I really liked it and I missed it and it was calling to me. No, I couldn't stay awake. I just couldn't do it. It was too much. Yeah, let me lower the, the speaker a little. Well, it's fine now. I, I wasn't hearing myself. You were just hearing voices? Voices. I hear voices. So when we get up to about five, 600 people in the uh, Back to the Bins Facebook group, I'll be a happy man. <sighs> You'll be rich. Rich. A happy miser. What is this crap? Like a hundred people? Come on, we're at a hundred already. I don't think we're at a hundred. I don't think we're quite at a hundred. Let's see, how many are we? One hundred quatloos on back to the bins. Back to the bins members. There are seventy. We're a bunch of dicks. We're members only. <laughs> Sorry. Seventy members and growing. Ew. Growing's half the battle, especially when you're our age. <laughs> Son of a. Well, Thursday, that's the plan. We're going to go to Epcot. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I Well, you, you heard my opinion on Epcot. I'm just not an Epcot fan. That's because you're a child, and Epcot is more grown up. There's nothing hey. wrong with being a child. Well, I mean, I didn't really get to... We didn't do anything in the front. We went in the back section, and it was like, eh. They have the best fireworks show, I think. Soren is outstanding. We didn't go on Soren, and we ran from the French restaurant to... We missed the entire fireworks show because we were running through the park. Trying to get to the uh, Swiss thing before it closed. The so my two my two favorite things you didn't say at all. Nope. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. It's like we went in there. I drank some shitty soda and we walked around the uh, the World Showcase. I do. I like the World Showcase though. Me. Me. Uh, the United States show was pretty cool. I like that. That was nice. Nice. It was nice and cool in the Mexican pavilion too. The. Uh... The sweet, the Norwegian one was the cool one because it had the, uh, I don't remember what they call the it, boat. the ride where, you know. Where it goes backwards, where it turned, it, whatever. Whatever, you sit on the boat and it was air conditioned. and Yeah. 
Yeah, but now it's going to be a Frozen thing. Yeah, so I don't know about that. I, I don't dislike. I like Frozen. I haven't seen Frozen, so I have no real. Scott opinion. did not. Well, we do want to. You want to bring it in? We we going to bring it in? Yeah. <clears throat> hey everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and I am joined today by. Oh, me. <laughs> Sorry. That would be my friend, Dr. Bill Robinson. How you friend. doing, Doc? Friend. Ah. Friend. Dr. Bill friend. Mm. Dr. And Bill We tired. was just talking about the fact that we have a new Back to the Bins Facebook page. New and improved. Ribbed for your pleasure. Wait. <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> well. I don't know if they're allowed to say that anymore. That may not be politically correct. It's ribbed for whoever is uh, accepting deliveries. Press, but... <laughs> sometimes you enter in the front, and <laughs> sometimes you take things around back. Just saying. Yeah, that's what you're saying. It's like a dirty Abbott and Costello joke or something. <laughs> anyway, we Scott started the Back to the Bins page, and as of this recording, we have seventy members. Which is nice, but I would like to see that multiply a couple of times if we can. And so far, it's been pretty cool. A lot of people putting up, you know, their random covers and commenting on them and sharing uh, books that are in their collection. I think I'd like to see people post books and say, hey, I'd like to see you cover this one one day. You know, that might be cool. Mm -hmm. Just sharing back issue stories. I know Scott's trying to put something together where we can work as wingmen for each other, but I, I, I honestly think the logistics of that probably don't work out. Sorry, I was taking some medication. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, he stopped talking. Oh, no. Um, is that where you got your book tonight? Well, I posted I posted the cover because I happen to really like this cover. And then I said, you know, I, I really need to cover this one day. And then when we decided tonight was the night to record, I didn't have anything picked out. And I said, I might as well just dive on this one. I did like that cover. It was pretty neat. Well, it's, it's Neil Adams. How, how bad can you go? That's with what, yeah, I thought it looked familiar. Oh, man. See, that's what, uh, I've been trying to find stuff for the con. Con! This, this, this weekend. And I found a, um, a comic, a book my mom got me uh, a few Christmases ago, I think back in 2006. It's a comic book encyclopedia. And there is a Neil Adams entry, and I was thinking of having him sign his name at his entry. He will um, charge you. For his signature? I believe he will. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll have to rethink that. <laughs> well, I mean, even even at Eternal Con, uh, you know, not they were charge that they were charging much. Oh, well, but, yeah. Like, I had no problem giving Bob Larkin two bucks, but if it's something crazy like ten bucks, I might be like, what? I think, I, I'm not sure it's not. Oh, really? Hmm. I think I think Neil Adams... Well, the, the Neil Adams autograph I got was... Uh, I think it cost $15 to get a print, and then if you buy a print, he just autographs it for you. Mm. But I don't know if you bring up your own material, how much he charges. I'm yeah. pretty confident he does, and I'm pretty confident he charges more than Bob Larkin. Did Rich Buckler charge anything? He charged a buck. And I think, I think a that's buck, more a or less just designed to keep people from bringing over 500 things from to sign, you know? Yeah. How many, how many things? Because Scott had a few, quite a few things. Yeah, Scott had a bunch of things. I just had him sign one thing. Hmm. And then I also had, uh, what's his name, uh, G.I. Joe artist. Um, Larry Hama? Larry Hama. I had him sign something. He didn't charge anything. Larry Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. I think that's all the, the things. I think that's the only three things I got signed. The Bob, Bob Larkin Dazzler cover. Mm -hmm. The uh, Larry Hama G.I. Joe cover. That was funny. We just kept, here, can you sign another? Can you sign another? Can you sign? What did we have, like four of them? Yeah. <laughs> and he kept going, oh, my God, another one? <laughs> yeah, for, for anybody listening, I don't think that story actually made it into the show, although we started, when I listened to it, we were joking around about it, but I don't think anybody explained. I had, for whatever reason, like seven copies of Dazzler number one. So the night before Eternal Con, I gave copies to Scott and Bill and Dave Pascarella. So all four of us had them with us because John Romita Jr. was supposed to be there, and he did the interior art in the book. As it turns out, John Romita Jr. was not there the day we were there. He was there the next day. But 
Bob Larkin was there, and then we realized he drew the cover. So we had him all we, we all had him sign our covers to Dazzler Number One, and he was uh, he was kind of amused by it because he said he only has one copy of it himself. <laughs> And I think he said his copy isn't as good, isn't in as good shape as the ones that, that he signed for us. Yeah, that is actually a beautiful cover. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to post that on the Back to the Bins Facebook page, and it'll have been out there for weeks by the time this show airs. And then you'll understand why it's there. No, I don't want that. There we go. What right. is this? I don't want an advertisement. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> babbling about. Got all these ads popped up all of a sudden. What, on Skype? Yeah, on the corner. I was trying to get to something, and now all these ads popped up. Get out! Go away! I want the pig face. Do I? I don't have the pig face up. To, oh, I do have pig face back. Yay. The pig face boy. I think uh, I, I, I had the uh, the monkey one up. The, the, you, you know, And then Mike Bailey said he, he found that more disturbing than the pig. Well, I have some sad news to report. And what is that? My iPod Nano fell in the toilet, and it doesn't work now. <laughs> I think you were just going to say it broke, but fell in the toilet is so much funnier. It was, I had it around my neck, and I went to adjust something, and it popped off the my collar. And When you say it, went to adjust something, I really don't want more information than that, right? No, no, I went to like adjust something on, like, uh, go to another podcast or something, and it popped off. And it fell, and it and it's just like just like with the last one, because the other little tiny gum, you know, stick of gum nano also fell in the toilet. Oddly enough, when I was listening to the Titanic episode that Scott did, right, the <laughs> the irony is not lost there. Oh, only but, you, you've lost two iPods to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, but that one actually still worked, and that one was because that one fell in mid flush. And it was like I was fishing because I was holding on to it, going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I thought it was going to just yank out the cord and just go right, right out into the into the nether reaches of um, the Pasco County sewer system, but um, but this one fell. It was like the after flush, and this one fell, and it just landed in the water, and I yanked it out real quick, and I pulled out the cord, and I shut it off, and I just let it sit, hoping it would dry out. But now when I try to turn it on, I get no screen, I can't hear anything. It's dead. It's dead, Jim. But I think I still have a warranty on it with Best Buy, so I'm going to roll up there. Hopefully, maybe tomorrow I can head up there and the, the, the warranty is still active. And I'll get a new Nano. Yay. And the new ones are even bigger. It'll how, be much, like, how much memory do you get on a Nano? I wonder what? How much memory space is there on a Nano? Oh, I just get the 8 megabyte because all I put is podcasts on it. 8 megabyte? Uh, you mean 8 gigabyte, right? Gigabyte, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it, so I haven't been able to listen to any podcasts this week. This happened on the weekend. <sighs> so I've been listening to while well, I've been cleaning my garage, trying to or, or organize stuff. It's not stuff I forgot I even had. I'm like, I got this. Wow, cool. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while you find something you forgot you had that's like you psyched when you find it, and other times not so much. Other times it goes right for the trash. Yeah, there's been some things that have gone to the trash. And then there's been, I, I can't find my, I found the books two through seven of the Gunslinger series. Be damned if I can find the first book. So I don't know what happened to the first book of uh, Stephen King's The Gunslinger. I got that. Did you read the whole series? No, I, I tried and I just couldn't couldn't I'm get stuck, myself to. I'm stuck at like book four. I, I was reading that when I was in the Navy and then. I've bought the other ones because I was in the Stephen King book club. I just haven't had a chance to read them because they're so freaking big. You could kill somebody with those books. Just drop it on them. Yeah, I mean, I know they're a labor of love for uh, King, but just really didn't do it for me. Mm. I was really into them for for a while, but yeah, I just, you know. You know. know, But this isn't the Stephen King book podcast. It isn't? No. So I guess, do we have any other, uh, let's see comic news well there's a fantastic four movie coming out soon yeah did you see what i just posted about that <laughs> yeah yeah that they weren't that's a bad sign any reviews of the movie that is yeah. a bad sign when they don't let reviewers come in for advanced viewing advanced showings well i think they let them come in they just won't let them release the reviews they're that the, that they yeah, they're probably post. in order to come in for the event advanced showing you probably have to sign off on something that says you know you won't release it 
Yeah. That is a very bad sign when they do that. That says they think they have a flop and they want to get that opening day gate and, you know, at least at least guarantee themselves that. I don't know, man. I don't think that really works anymore because, I mean, they they might get a certain percentage, but with social media and once word gets out, if it's bad, it, it's going to drop if like is, a stone. If, if is almost a foregone conclusion. I'm being optimistic. Maybe. If it's as bad as we expect it to be is probably the way to say it. I don't know. Somebody might like it. Somebody. Somewhere. In Latveria, maybe. I don't know. No, it, it, looks, it looks really bad. And, 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 the, and the fact that they're, that they're treating it that way says they agree. Mm-hmm. I can think of there was one movie, and I can't remember which it was, that they did that with. And surprisingly, when, when the reviews came out, they were solid. Mm. I can't remember what it was. There was one, you know, maybe maybe four or five years ago. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane? No. No. Great movie, by the way. So you've told me. You've never seen it? Nope. Mm. You don't know you don't know what you're missing. I have a rough idea, and I'm not even gonna sit here and say, Oh, I know what I'm missing and I don't want to see it. I I would probably enjoy it. Yeah, you got to see it with a certain group of friends. You can't watch it by yourself. It's not the same. Yeah, we should have watched it when you were up here for Eternal Con. Oh, God, we were slammed. Yeah, we really didn't have any sit-down-and-watch-TV moments. I know. We didn't even get to watch uh, Hercules Goes to New York. And it was funny because you know, when you guys first came over and Scott says, Oh, look, you got the surround sound in the living room. We should have to do something here. We didn't spend one minute in that living room. <laughs> <laughs> we never got out of the basement. We were there, out back. At the breakfast table, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, it was a busy weekend. What can I tell you? Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully there'll be, excuse me, yeah, hopefully there'll be many more opportunities, and uh, it won't, you know. We, no, that was it. Like we, that's One it? Time. <laughs> Never again. Never again! Oh, I, I tell you, the fact that I'm going to be back there in two weeks really kind of softens the blow a little bit because otherwise I, I would I would you know I'd be like much more bummed out by the fact that that went by so quickly what are you Charlie X I want to stay I did stay. I wanted you guys to stay, stay. <laughs> I wanted you both to love it here so much that you both decided to buy homes up here <laughs> sorry I think I was choking a pretzel <clears throat> George Bush <clears throat> why don't you move down here you could sell your house and you could buy houses for all of us <laughs> I'm sure. At least in my neighborhood. It's a house down the street for sale. You never know. You it's never got know. Spitaro when, written all over it. When the kids are all done with school. No, really, I did. I'm I, ready to I, retire. I spray painted him. Paul's going to live here. Do not sell. Spitaro coming. Like Eli. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we've meandered around enough. Uh, yeah, we did it. Let's see. We introduced. We don't have any. Uh, do we have any mail? Nope. I checked. I checked about a half hour ago, and there was no new. We we burned through the email. No, and no one loves us anymore. All right, so we should do some books. Uh-oh. Have you swallowed your pretzels yet? Um, I'm almost done. Hold on. I'll hope. I'll do the gerbil thing. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> How could I argue with that? Ah. All right, I got to use the last of this milk to get all the pretzel remnants out of my teeth. That's right, drink it from the jug. Because ah, I am the notorious PIG. Ah. Having sated my hunger, I am ready to return to the show. Oh, forget it, forget it. <laughs> oh, I guess I got to do my book first, right? You are oh. the Marvel. Why, thank you. You certainly are. What? <laughs> what's, what's the line that uh, Lex Luthor uses? Just, like, how, how does it generate enough brain power to move that <laughs> body or something? He has to move those legs or something like that, yeah. Uh, well, that's not very nice. Well, Lex Luthor said it, not me. Yeah, yeah. Lex Lex Spataro. Mr. Luthor. Mr. Luthor. Oh, it's a little bitty place. Robinsonburg? Robinsonburg? <laughs> oh, Scott has his own place. <laughs> Scottsdale. Scott- 
So, so what would you have? You, you, you would have um, Saint Paul, Paul, Pennsylvania, Spataroland, Spataro Town, Spataroville, Spataro Appalachs, New Spataro. Um, <clears throat> so you got a marvel? <coughs> yes, I do. I'm going to quit stalling. Although, yes, I you're bringing tonight. I chose this book because this is the oldest uh, Iron Man book that I have in my collection, um, physical copy, and that is The Invincible Iron Man, Volume 1, Number 17. Today's countdown is number 17 of The Invincible Iron Man. This one goes out to all you listeners out there. That's my bad, my bad Casey Kasem. Oh, it was wonderful. I was, I was, I was astounded. It was like he was in the room, which would scare the hell out of me because he's dead. I'd be screaming about how this is so ponderous if it was, if it was him again. The corpse of Casey Kasem telling me this is ponderous, man. Ah! <laughs> so back to Iron Man seventeen. Back to Iron Man seventeen, which is in, entitled. <clears throat> well, first I guess I should mention this came out in September of nineteen sixty nine, dude. Thank you. And our credits for this lovely issue. Archie Goodwin is the writer. George Tuska on pencils. Johnny Craig on inks. Gene Izzo on letters. Stan Lee is the editor. And I guess the cover is also George Tuska as well. At least I don't see anything that um, contradicts that. Wow. Man, I was looking you keep for that. going and I'll look that up while you're, while you're doing what it is, whatever it is you do. That's George Tosca. Yeah. I, 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 I think I it is. Say. I think you're right. But I'm just looking yeah, for because confirmation. You, yeah. And it says on the cover as Iron Man. Iron Man looms over Tony Stark. The beginning of the end. And by the way, I could cheat and read the synopsis in here, but I'm not going to. And I didn't write a synopsis either. So right now, Scott Gardner, if he's listening, he's going, oh, my God. Scott is turning over in his grave if he, was, if he, if he wasn't still alive. Which I don't think you wrote one either, but you seem to be much better than me. So, you, well, hold on. All these ice cubes are stuck together. Okay, while you're playing with your ice, I can tell you, I have gone online and confirmed the cover artist as George Tuska. Wow, excellent. But anyway, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. I've chewed ice my whole life. Actually, I hadn't said that yet. I was beginning. I've been chewing ice my whole life. And my mom, when she took me to the dentist when I was a kid, said uh, said to the dentist, "You need to tell my son how bad." It oh, well, see, I, I I have a whole theory as to why ice is not bad for you, because dogs chew dog biscuits to keep their teeth clean. So no, dogs been... chew dog biscuits because they like the taste. That just happens to be a side benefit. Right. So my teeth would keep clean if I chew ice. Was what I thought when I was a little kid. So my mom tried to get the dentist to tell me, you know, she's like, Dr. So-and-so, doctor, doctor, let you see him. Anyway, uh, she said, you need to t tell my son how bad it is to chew ice. And he looked at her and went, why? I chew ice all the time. <laughs> is that the end of real life with Dr. Bill Robinson? That's it. That's it. Back to the back on with the show. Okay. We open up to Iron Man either uh, doing some fancy new dance move or getting the crap shocked out of him by a lightning bolt, and um, he says he looks pretty pained. But maybe that's either the George Tuska artwork, <laughs> or maybe he's just really in a pain pain from being shocked by this lightning bolt. Um, anyway, he's flying back from Africa, and he keeps getting the bejesus struck. Uh, uh, out, out of him by, by lightning, which I don't know, maybe since he's in a metal suit in a rainstorm, he might want to get above those thunderclouds, just saying. And uh, we flash back to where he had... Uh, oh, wait, wait, no, we don't flash back. We do, uh, I guess this would be a side flash, because we do a meanwhile, but as I say, it doesn't say meanwhile, it says approximately the same time. So, which I guess could be seen as meanwhile. There's a big explosion at Stark Labs, but then we cut back to... Um, Two henchmen are actually zapping the crap out of Tony, a.k.a. Iron Man, with a lightning simulator under the direction of one Midas. Does Midas have a last name? It's M-I-D-A-S. 
My Midas has a second name. It's F. I think Midas might be his last name. Yeah, I'm just looking. So, oh, hi, honey. Ah, my wonderful wife has brought me a blueberry yes, cake, I'm sorry. cake donut. Ah, his name is Mordecai Midas. Mordecai Midas. Oh, this donut. You know, my favorite donut is the blueberry cake donut. There is nothing like this. Is all about food tonight. I am mm. a fan of the blueberry cake donut. Oh, it smells so delicious. You might have to take a blueberry cake donut break during your synopsis. Anyway, <clears throat> I'll set that over there and drool on it. Anyway, under the direction of Midas, Mordecai Midas, uh, they are zapping him, uh, trying to delay him, whatever. And also, at the big back at the big explosion at Stark Labs, uh, Madame Mask has snuck in, doing something, and snuck back out. So apparently she has actually caused uh, the explosion, if I was to guess correctly. Um, then we jump to where Madame Mask is now met up with Morgan Stark, the cousin of one Tony Stark. And they are discussing, you know, basically that Morgan's going to be undermining Tony, blah, blah, blah. Now we cut back again. There's a lot of cutting back. There's a lot of meanwhiles in here. We cut back to Stark Labs again as a figure rises from the ashes that suspiciously looks a lot like one Tony Stark. Now we jump around again, and I guess I should have read this better. <laughs> well, I can't remember what these other two people are doing or who they were. This cord and the scientist guy. Oh. I can't remember who these people are. No, they're not really important because they don't play into the rest of the comic. Anyway, back to Morgan Stark and Madame Mask. Uh, so basically, he, um, she seems to think that he's holding out on her. She did, flips him with a karate chop, tells him to put on some robes. He's got to go visit Midas. And uh, she, uh, <laughs> she takes off the mask because he's like, well, you like that, like that chunk of gold you wear, Madame Mask. And oh, yes. You suppose this is a whim of Midas, but it has a purpose a lot, a purpose as well. Allow me to show you, Morgan Stark. And he, uh, <laughs> she got real ugly real quick when she took that mask off. And, and this idiot faints. For your face! How horrible! <laughs> Wimp. So, next we see a splash of cold water in uh, Dom DeLuise from History of the World Part 1. It's not Samuel Tarly? It could be Samuel Tarly, but Samuel Tarly's not that fat. And he looks, he looks just like the Emperor from the History of the World Part 1. Including, Bloody bath! <laughs> including that he's holding a chicken, a uh, giant turkey leg. Because didn't Dom DeLuise pull one out of his ass? Yeah, he might have. And he hands it to um, the other guy and says, watch that. Or was that a goblet? Or yeah, both? I think it was a goblet. Mm. He goes, uh-uh, watch that. So, anyone... He tells, uh, and he's kind of Job of the Hut like too, because he has a throne that moves, and he starts chasing Morgan Stark around because he believes he's holding out on him. He sh shocks the bejesus out of him as well, and tells him, "If my if my giant hovering throne touches you again, <laughs> it'll be lethal." So he runs and he runs and he runs and he backs him to a corner and bumps him off of a cliff, but he guess it doesn't shock him this time. And then he catches him with, with like these little telescopic arms because basically Midas has like he's he's got all these buttons and everything and he can do all this uh, operations straight from there. So basically he says, you know, giving you a second chance, don't fail me again, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Evil villain, hand wringing. Next we see uh, is 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 that the buzzard from the bug but the bug's bunny cartoon? My little killer. Uh, do, 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 do. No, no, go find me an Iron Man armor. I don't want <laughs> No, I'm not going to hold him up. Oh, he got a repulsor at me. No, 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 no. So uh, Iron Man has passed out in the, in the African desert and just so happens laying nearby is to find an attache case um, that he that he left there, out there in Iron Man number 15. And uh, he says... Uh, uh, my my attache case, of course. I had to leave it out here when I changed into Iron Man after the unicorn's attack. And I was thinking about recovering at the time the lightning struck. Instinct must have taken over after I blacked out, drawing me to where the case had been left. I know instinct makes I black out and then I wake up in the strangest places. Yes. 
Too bad no one told my instinct I intended to check in at my plant first. Ha 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 hey. So, off he flies with his case. Um, it's because he says, like, well, you know what? Tony Stark has been missing for too long, so I better hurry up and get back. Blah, 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 blah. He gets back. People are kind of staring at him kind of funny because he's now dressed as Tony Stark. And, uh, well, I guess he is Tony Stark, so who else would he be dressed as? He's not Iron Man. And everybody's treating him kind of strange. And as he goes into his office, he finds, oh, my God, it's Tony Stark. But it is actually an LMD from Iron Man 11 that he had designed to fool the Mandarin or the Mandarin, if you're uh, Hey Kids Comics, right? Does, is that how Andy says it? I believe he does. <laughs> um. And actually, this Tony Stark LMD uh, actually has his own set of the spare set of armor, and he has gone so far as to change everything, all the uh, all the fingerprints, all the passwords. Uh, basic, basically, uh, Tony tries to reach a hidden uh, batch of weapons behind a wall and does no good. Uh, and basically, he gets his ass handed to him by the LMD. <laughs> And uh, we get a Highlander moment. There can be only one Iron Man. The ground, Tony. So he tells the guards to come and uh, basically hands over the real Tony Stark to the guards and say, ah, this guy's a phony. Toss him out of here. And in a scene that will be rem rem reminiscent in the future when he is raging alcoholism, we see the, the shaken and rather bedazzled. No, not bedazzled. Mm, groggy. No. Mm. My thesaurus when they need it. Downtrodden? Maybe downtrodden sounds good. What do you think, Paul? I'll go with downtrodden. I think that's that's an description. And uh, the guards tell him, take my advice, take my advice, fella. Shave that mustache and leave the impressions to Frank Gorshin. Not dating this book. <laughs> You're far from convincing, pal, especially since we got Mr. Stark's fingerprints on file and yours don't match them. Yellow D must have managed to substitute new ones. He's been in my place long enough to make all kinds of changes to back him up. And next we see, I guess this would be a montage as he tries to go to the bank to cash a check. And they're like, well, this isn't the uh, signature we have on file. And then he goes to try to use his credit card to buy a suit. And it's been canceled. And he even goes to the Avengers Mansion and his old friend Jarvis. Now, I call bullshit on this one. There has to be something that... Tony could have said to Jarvis to let him in. You know, he's not going to, you know, oh, what's the password, Mr. Stark? Password is ak ak dak dak ak ak <laughs> Oh, That was from the Flintstones. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, sorry. So, anywhere, anyway, he's out there on his own when suddenly, oh, he's got to grab her. Oh, my heart. Ah, see, because the... Um, the LMD left him the chest plate to keep his heart beating, but he's running low on juice. Too much strain on his heart. So he decides to hotwire himself to a nearby truck and suck the juice out of a car battery. And uh, the, the, the local neighbors see him, call the cops. He does a little razzle-dazzle, sparky-spark, to uh, blind the cops so he can get away. And he does a quick dash into an alleyway, hiding under some garbage as the cops climb up on the fire escape. And he quickly makes his escape again as they keep blasting at him, only to be gassed in the face by none other than Madame Mask. And as she lifts him up away, she says, Signal Midas, the mission is a success. I have the latest pawn for his game of greed. Next, even a hero can die. I've got the football. <laughs> the football's in play. Stark is in play. So, that is our issue. And like I said, this is my earliest... Iron Man, so I really don't know what comes after this. And then the next one I have is issue 19, so I don't even know what happened after this. He, he, he wins. And then I jump from 19 to, I think the next issue I have is 42. So, really jumps around a lot. My But then from 42 on, I've got a pretty solid run. A uh, couple gaps here and there. But, uh, what did you think? Uh, I have mixed feelings. First of all, I am not a fan of George Tusk. There's a couple I, scenes are good, but there's a couple. It's, it's not. It's just not, con, I think not the consistent. One, the one. Well, there's a lot. I think there's a lot. There are a couple that are decent, but there's a lot more bad than good. Uh, and then the thing that really just makes me, you know, made me just kind of say, "What?" Was <laughs> looking at the costumes that these henchmen are wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, 
I couldn't really come up with a. It was like what they Why? kind of have. It's kind of like a brown jumpsuit, but then there's a silver kind of triangular chest plate. Then they have with like this, little slats cut in it. Like yeah, it would be it would it would look like Iron Man eyepieces, but there's three, and they're they go down, they shrink in size as they go to the point on the chest plate for some reason. Then they're wearing uh, these headpieces that are <laughs> similar to what. Uh, they look like Cobra from the DC comics. Would you think? Say uh, so. That may be the closest comparison. They just, they just Weird. look bad. But then, I mean, Madame Mask's face looks terrible with the mask. Uh, in some, yeah, in some, it's like in the far shots, it doesn't look too bad. But the close up to where I don't know before she takes the mask off, her eyes just look really weird. And he, just, and he always draws Iron Man with sad mouth. Yeah, we got. Especially on page two. It's a sad Iron Man. He's shocked. Then from a writing point of view, I'll I'll credit the book that it's it's loaded. I mean, there's a lot going on in this book. Uh, but there's some things about it, like, you know, some things just seem very contrived. Uh, here's the fact that Morgan Stark passes out just because he sees her face. I don't know. It just seems a little extreme to me right <laughs> off the bat. Good uh, Lord. You're uh, oh, thud. And, I mean, Midas is... Clearly done, done to be the you know the the emperor of excess in any every way shape and form and I guess they do well with that, but then uh, see now his henchmen there when he's on his throne they don't look that bad, they look like a normal Roman garb I don't know what those other guys are wearing yeah yeah they yeah it's kind of a conquistador outfits there, but then then the uh, uh, the, the whole idea of the LMD not a, not a conquistador huh no, a, that would be a centurion not a conquistador. All right, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> could be a conquistador. Procol Harum could sing about it. Okay, whatever. But uh, I like the. I, I'm a little surprised the vulture goes after him in the armor. You would think the armor would prevent him from trying. <laughs> well, he probably smells him. He's like, hmm. He, he wasn't dead yet. He's inside. not quite dead yet. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and the, the, you know, the concept of the LMT, LMD gaining sentience and wanting to trade places with him. Yeah, you know, that that's one that's it's been done a couple of times, but it's it's a good story uh, beat. Now I do like the shot on page four of the of the um, the LMD after it's come out. I do think that is a nice nice picture there. That yeah, panel. that's not bad. Yeah, and the one on page two with the explosion isn't too bad. Uh, lacking a little detail. Yeah, but not I mean not terrible, but. Uh, but that ship they're flying, the henchmen are flying. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the whole the whole story about him basically having his identity, you know, the, the first identity theft, uh, it, it's a good idea, but it just seems to be really rushed through. You know, I've, I've complained about decompressed stories, but this could have been developed a little bit longer this this is one that probably would have been better served as being an ongoing subplot for several issues before it actually you know went got to fruition because mm -hmm. it just seemed a little too much and there should be a way other things aside there should be a way of him identifying himself himself to Jarvis or at least having you know being taken into custody or something until he can prove who he is yeah you think he'd have some failsafe for I mean so something that he could get into. And maybe, I mean, at this point, Jarvis doesn't know he's Iron Man, but that doesn't mean, you know, he's still the one bankrolling the whole business, you know, the whole Avengers mansion there, paying mm -hmm. Jarvis's salary. Yep. You know, he's, uh, I wonder why he just, well, you know, it's nighttime. That's why he couldn't do the solar powered thing for his chest plate. <laughs> now, all that said, I like this story. I thought it was a good story. And you know, the artwork is. I, I, this, this is this is better George Tusca art than I'm, than some other ones I've read, which means I consider it to be at a journeyman level. It's not not good art, but it's you know it's acceptable. I can deal with it. Yeah. Well, the whole scene where the cops are ch chasing him in the alleyway that's that's a nice that's uh, that's twelve panels and that kind of flows pretty good with the whole you know it's e easy to follow. You can see you're not quite sure where he's went when they jump over. Mm-hmm. You know, you you see there's like a pile of uh, blankets or whatever, and they keep showing it here and there. So it's it doesn't give it away completely. And then you see after the cops have climbed the fire escape, Tony's raises his head. But as he's getting up, he hits a garbage can. 
which alerts the cops all when they uh, got up on the roof, and then that's when they're starting to shoot them from up there. Which I guess it's nice that cops, uh, you know, I guess, will just you know for guy for being a. Well, I guess he did throw some sparks at them, so I guess he could be considered dangerous. But uh, spark at me, I'm gonna shoot him in the head. Shoot him! I mean, they're like blasting at him. Come on, blam, 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 blam. So, um, I think this Madam Mask is this Whitney Frost or is this? Uh, I believe it is. Uh, yes. Yep, Madam. I'm just checking in my book. I could actually read the synopsis in the book. Too late. Uh, cord manufacturer. It, it did leave me wanting to read the next issue. See how he gets out of it. Oh, I was just. Oh, I was just. Oh, I'm not going to jump ahead. I'll wait until I get the book. <laughs> I will not jump ahead. I will not jump ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I guess if I have to give it. Should I grade it now, or do you want to grade first, or is it? Uh, a, no, well, it's your book. You grade first. I grade first. Let me go back to the cover. Do, 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 do. I, to be honest, I like this cover. I like. Um, is it a A cover? No, but it's not a. Uh, <laughs> there's something about the way Iron Man is over Stark, and the whole like, wait a minute, why is Iron Man over Tony Stark? That I don't know. There's just Maybe it's the the angle that it's drawn with looking up. I'm gonna actually give this this cover a B because I, I I just find it a little more striking than 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 usual. The interior art mm, that's where it kind of comes down a little bit for me. It's some of it's it's up it's down. Some panels look good. Other you've got the Iron Man sad face. Um, I like the storytelling, like I said, with the whole police chase. So I think for me it's going to even out to a C, but for the story itself, um, the story is interesting. There, like we were saying before, there's a lot going on in here, and it it keeps you wanting to find out what's what's going to happen next issue. So I'm going to give the story an actual B as well. So I guess it's um, probably a B minus book overall. Yeah, I uh, I'm pretty much with you. I think the cover is solid. I like it a lot. It's not iconic. It's but it's it's as it's as good as you're getting from George Tusca. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I I I'm gonna just bump it slightly than yours, and I'm gonna say it's a B plus. I think it's really good. My biggest criticism of it is uh, Iron Man kind of has chicken legs. They look a little out of proportion with the rest of his body. They should be a little bit more bulky. Oh, that was a flaw in the LMDs. Yeah, maybe that's it. Chicken leg. Chicken but otherwise, leg, I, I think it's it's a real solid cover. It's something that would make you want to pick the book up. Mm-hmm. I have no no real Chris. My biggest criticism is it's not iconic. Um, the but yet I know we've but yet I know we've seen that pose that is an iconic pose on a cover that we've probably seen before. Yeah, some, quite possibly. With you know, yeah. you have Tony Stark laying there, unconscious or dead, with Iron Man kind of standing over him. Yeah, but usually you see a villain in that pose over the hero, not the hero over the hero. Hero! Oh, sorry. You see Chris Tyler over the hero. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like I said, B-plus for the uh, cover for me. The interior art, I can't be quite as generous. It's, you know, it's okay. It's journeyman-like. Uh, and to me, that makes it, because I don't want to be overly harsh, I'd say uh, I'd rate it as average, so I'd give it a C. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is is well, you know, is, is well... Uh, put together there's a lot going on there's a couple of points that strain cre- credibility but otherwise i think it's pretty good so i'm going to give the story a b as well and i'm going to give it overall a b you know based on the b plus for the cover and the b for the story and the c for the for the art okay all righty sounds like we're in agreement on this one i was looking at it's our usual round of ads in here although i like that cool bike the dragster the california angel fork and uh, just after the end page, uh, after the last page, you can have the extended front wheel on your bicycle. Where is that? I'm sorry. After so, the oh wait, sorry, it's after after he hits him with the sparks. There's an ad on the next page. Ah. Uh-huh. Be first in your crowd with California Angel Forks. New, showy, strong, fast. Makes your bike an exciting dragster. Stretch your present <laughs> wheels to become a show winner. Do special tricks. California Angel Forks are made of chrome-clad steel and attached to most bikes, even the new p- polo bikes. Oh, the polo bikes were big. In seconds, using no special tools. Free set of exciting decals to decorate your dragster. Sent 
California Andrew Forks, P.O. Box 63, Cleveland, Ohio, 44121. Oh, Rush. You still get those. Rush me my Angel Forks complete with instructions and free decal kit. Enclosed is $5.95 to cover all costs plus postage. Wow. I'd rather be a magician and show, show a woman in here. <laughs> Where, where's that one? Same page. Oh, there it is. On up, the right. Up, up, up at the top. Two thirds yeah. of the way up. The Fox Mini Bike, do it yourself or fully assembled from $79.50. Send $1 for big catalog. Two Skinny, new scientific discovery helps you put on weight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't have that problem. Who else wants a He Man's body? Just want those sexy tiger print uh, briefs for me. Yeah, too skinny? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No problem. They don't worry. Don't you worry yourself. Fear no one. Get steel muscles quickly with super isometrics. Love the ads. 1,001 things you can get for free. Syphilis. Gonorrhea. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Speaking of ads, we can move on to our DC, which has... Uh... The first ad in it is the happy Chris Tyler picture. Yeah, I noticed that. I was wondering if we were going to bring that up. I know Chris thought we were making fun of him or something. saying, Yes, we were. <laughs> no, we weren't. He just had the happy look like Chris does. The happy hippo with the smile. And he's like, hey, what's up? No, we were making fun of him. No, nah, man. That, 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 hip, that hippo. If I, had, I wish I had a hippo like that on my desk. It would make me smile every day. So I, I, I need to put a picture of Chris Tyler on my desk so I will smile every day. Not my children, not my wife, not even Alvin. I need Chris Tyler's picture on my desk so I can smile every day. That's each their own. <laughs> but he has to be wearing a hippo costume. It probably could be arranged. Or maybe he could just be frolicking in a pool and spit water up or something. <laughs> you know, I hear there's a house in St. Pete. Never mind. <clears throat> anyway, your book? So my book is from May of 1971. Ooh, and it is old. Action Comics number 400. And this is a cover that I've always thought looks really, really cool. And I posted it the other day on the uh, Back to the Bins Facebook page and said I need to cover it. And I decided, what the heck? Now is as good a time as any. Mm-hmm. And it shows Superman coming in through a doorway in the back and then sitting in the room that he's entering... Read, apparently reading a book, is a younger man in a Superman costume, but on his right side, he's a young man, and on the left side, he's a gorilla. And Superman is saying, my son, is he man or beast? Dun, dun, dun. This cover is drawn by Neil Adams, and it's, uh, it's a pretty beautiful cover. Mm-hmm. So then we go on. The next page has the Chris Tyler uh, hippopotamus ad, but we keep going from there. And... The first page is not a splash page. It opens uh, at a funeral where uh, Superman is saying, it's a pity that Jan Nagy had to die so young. He won the Nobel Prize for radiology only last year. And he goes to give his sympathies to uh, Mr. Nagy's son, Gregor, who is apparently quite pissed off at Superman. Anyway, they go inside to read the will, and Superman in the will is named as the guardian for Gregor, which pisses off Gregor even more. And uh, he, he makes the statement of, I hate you, Superman. If I had my way, I'd tear you apart. So the mm-hmm. lawyer says what any lawyer would in that, in that situation. Don't be ridiculous, Gregor. You'd have to be a super gorilla to do that. Not really quite sure of the logic there. <laughs> you just have to be stronger than Superman, really. Uh, anyway, he, uh, he, Gregor rushes off and Superman follows him and watches with his x-ray vision and then bursts into the room that Gregor went in where Gregor is turning into a super gorilla. Superman subdues him and he converts back to Gregor and then explains how when uh, Gregor's dad was performing some sort of experiment, there was going to be an explosion at the laboratory he was working in. And uh, uh, Jan says to Superman, Superman, that cracked atomic furnace contains metamorphon, metamorphian, an artificial element I invented. If the furnace explodes, everyone within miles may may become an evolutionary freak. Really? This is what you were working on? This is what won this guy the Nobel Prize? In my house. So Superman takes this globe thing that's ready to explode. He's going to throw it into space, but then he's told no, then it would just spread the radiation further. 
so he needs hydrogen to halt the reaction. In response, Superman throws the ball into the pool, figuring there's plenty of hydrogen in the water, but the radioactive steam coming off kind of gets Gregor. Whoops! So, although he saved Gregor's life when that happened by wrapping him in his cape, he was exposed to these chemicals, which changed him physically. And he found that when he thinks about things, he Oh, wait, wait, wait. He has to do a Paul Harvey thing. Now I'll tell you the rest of the story. (laughs) So he he realizes as as time goes on that if he wishes for something enough, uh, that his, his body basically reacts and changes into whatever it is he wishes for. And he's, he's very upset by this instead of treating it as a gift. And so, as he's telling Superman this story, Denise, the girl he's loved since childhood, comes, comes a-calling, but he says how could he let her marry a thing like him? He goes down to talk to her and tries to blow her off. He gets upset and turns into a tiger and is ready to attack her, but then Superman kind of stops that from happening. So and, he's, like, uh, he's like Manimal. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Or animal, well, not animal man. So Superman encourages him to not be ashamed of his powers, but to learn to use them for good, as he has. And basically takes him on as his trainee. So there's something going on then where there's a vault that's been booby-trapped that anything Superman does would cause it to explode. And so he brings Gregor over, who turns into a ghost and goes through the steel door and opens it from the inside. And suggests that we call him Changeling. Mm. And he does a couple of other things, turning into a giant elephant to stop tusk hunters. And then he shows that he uh, he's followed Superman and knows that he's Clark Kent at this point. Yeah, but wait a minute. He says, what? I held on to your cape after our last mission. Did he hold on, like, shrink down to the size of a bug? Because I think if I think Superman would notice a fully grown man holding on to the back of his cape. You would think. Yeah, but anyway. And so, having re-redisposed of the monsters... I think Gregor's a little unbalanced. Yeah, he is, because he, he looks in the mirror and <laughs> some, says that they're both freaks and starts to cackle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, then Superman brings him to the Fortress of Solitude, and uh, Gregor naturally touches something he shouldn't touch, causing a space station to dismantle. So Superman leaves to go and fix the space station. Which I just have to say, why do you have a switch that dismantles the space station? Or at least put a big red button on it if you're going to do that. Maybe a cover? Something? Well, Superman is off in space taking care of that. An emergency call comes into the Fortress of Solitude about a submarine trapped uh, below the surface in Japan. Great lady down. Gregor feeling that he needs to make good since he caused the problem takes a uniform from a deactivated Superman robot and wishes that he had Superman's powers. So he goes down and he frees the submarine, but while he's down there, the superpower change wears off. Wah, wah, wah. And at that moment, Superman swoops in and grabs him and the submarine, leaves the submarine on the shore and flies off with Gregor, but Gregor says it's too late, that he, that he can't do anything about it, there can be only one Superman, but at least he does not die as a beast, but as a whole man. And Superman says, Gregor, son. And Gregor says, you called me son. Thanks. I'd have been proud to have a father like you. And Gregor dies. But just to make it easy for Superman so he doesn't have to explain what happened, he disintegrates. Into dust. And then his face just goes floating off in the ether. Remember. The story is over. All we are is dust. And Superman knows that for one brief moment, he had a son. The son he always dreamed of. Goodbye, Gregor. I'll always remember you, even though I will never mention you will never be mentioned in another issue of my series ever again. I'm sure the law will never come around going, Hey, what happened to that uh, son that you had, um, Superman? Hello? Superman? Son? Son? I, I don't remember any Wait, son. Wait, let me use my super hypnotism. <laughs> no, no, no. I still have it on the paper here. <laughs> Wait, oh my God, the paper just burned into flames. I don't know what happened. <laughs> So, oh, we're not going to cover the other story? No, we're going to just oh, Okay, on. I did read the other story. It was kind of like, me. This, this was the story I wanted to do. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of dopey, and it's you know totally done in one, never to be heard of again. But I like this. this I thought this was fun. This, this, is, this really seemed to me like it should have been an issue of World's Finest. 
it it was it was different. I mean, it, you know, with I guess this is does this kind of go back to the whole Bronze Age, Silver Age? Oh, this is clearly Bronze Age. Uh, this is clearly Silver Age. Yeah, but it's got a touch of the Bronze Age feel with. You know, I mean, I don't know, I, even though it's Kurt Swan, I I don't know. The the art seemed a little bit different than some other Kurt Swan I've looked at. I don't know. It seems I liked some of the transitions he did with uh, the transformations, showing some of the like like the half face when he's turning into back from the tiger into the in, in, into a man. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the biggest problem with it is the cover is so beautiful in the way that that transformation is drawn that that anything's going to pale next to it. Yeah, but the I, I like the interior art. I think it's it's you know it's it's good Kurt Swan art. It's not Neil Adams art. <laughs> you know, there's mm-hmm. not much you can do about that. No, no, but it's but 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 it's still good. And and the story is you know it's a simple done in one story and everything happens way too fast, but just enjoyable. And if it had happened slowly, I don't know if you'd want to sit through it all. It's, I mean, it's the whole story is how many how many pages are we looking at here? Well, yeah, this is probably a double-sized issue, wouldn't it be? It's an anniversary issue. Uh, let's see. One, two. Counting that double page as, as just one. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen pages. Yeah, there's still a lot of story in here. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of story. It goes by very quickly. Now is this before the? Um, I'm, I'm not really sure when the other changeling character from the Teen Titans. Well, he would have been uh, Beast Boy. Beast Boy. He was not the changeling until the new Teen Titans, which is around. Ah. I'm tempted to say 1979, although I could be off a little on that. That sounds about right. You mean with a relaunch, right? Well, well, yeah. not relaunch, but but the Perez Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Tom Panneris could tell us exactly when that occurred, but uh, I could also look it up. I won't, but I could. <laughs> oh, I did not know that in World's Finest 202, Vengeance of the Tomb Thing, Atmospheric Pollution deactivated... It's not the Tomb the, Thing. It's not the Tomb Thing. Atmospheric Pollution deactivated the super robots. Well, I guess they're not so super now, are they? <laughs> little little pollution. Little pollution never hurt anybody. Hey, what's, what's the problem with pollution? Makes the Indian cry. That's true. Which so I heard something that he's actually he was actually uh, the guy that played the Indian was actually Italian. Well, I know I know in wrestling Chief J Strongbow was Italian. Mm. That's Italian, a mamma mia! Oh, sorry. I do not know about the Indian from the commercial who cries. Could I do any more offensive stereotypes in thirty seconds? I don't think so. Uh, you could just keep piling them up. <laughs> so. Just from a, uh, I don't know if you have any more any points to to make on this one, or if we should just go right to the uh, rating on it. Oh no, I'm just you know, who works on this stuff in their house? What stuff you mean? Just the oh well, you know, I've got an atomic furnace in my home. It's true, uh, over by my swimming pool. Over with, right with this new element pool. that I invented that's going to that would go turn everybody into a freak. Metamorphon and. Well, Ah, uh, everyone within miles may become an evolutionary freak. Well, I guess that's how we got the two true freaks. Yeah, Chris, they, Chris and Scott with it. They came by to play in the pool later when Gregor wasn't around. You could see Chris Honeywell looking down and Scott's going, why is the water orange? Ah, who cares? Get in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as far as the cover goes, I, I, th- I love this cover. I think this is an A cover. No, no question in my mind. Uh, I like in, the look on Superman's face. <laughs> he looks quite distraught. He's like, you know, like you almost discovered him doing something else. To me, this this is absolutely a cover that you'd read and you'd you'd see and you'd say, I want to read this book. So, it, it's it's a, no question about it. To me, it's an A. The interior art is workmanlike, fairly decent. Kurt Swan story is told well. There's a couple of good changing effects, as you said. Uh, you know, it's overall pretty solid. I'm going to say C+. And the story, although simplistic and asks us to accept a lot of things, you know, with these characters we've never heard of before and we'll never hear of again, mm-hmm. uh, I still think it's an enjoyable story. So I'm going to say a B- minus on the story. And overall, I'm going to give it a B, you know, largely being lifted by what I think is a great cover. 
Yeah, well, I guess once again, we're 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 just a little boring. We're kind of in agreement. That in the agreement zone. In the agreement zone that you know the cover is an A cover, and well, because you know it's Neil Adams, and it's just just a pretty striking cover with the half transformation. I did like the the now I I I haven't read a lot of Superman, but I do like the way that Kurt Swan portrays the anger in Gregor and the insanity, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Cause that one panel with he's looking in the mirror saying that they're super freaks. That's just a little disturbing. That look that he has. It's and, Rick James in that one. And, and the look that he gives Clark Kent, cause Superman is Clark Kent in that shot. As he looks at him in the mirror that he, he even he's like, what the f- <laughs> it's like this guy's crap is these guys that was mine. Um, so uh, art wise, um, yeah, I'm 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 actually gonna give it a little bit higher than the George Tuska from last time. Um, I, I, I'm gonna give it a B, and the story, you know, it, it's a fun, quick story. It moves real. I mean, it's not even the whole book, you know, because we have a whole another second story in this issue, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm going to give the story a B as well, so I guess that would give it like a B plus for me. All right. Yeah, and this is uh, this is four months after the first issue of Kryptonite, Kryptonite Nevermore came out. Mm-hmm. So yet another uh, another exhibit in our Superman didn't really have a Bronze Age argument. Mm. Ah, jeez, it's raining again. I can hear it. It's raining again. Oh no! Super Tramp. Raining again. Or I could do. Uh, Here comes the rain again, falling on my head like a summer breeze. Billy Lennox. Oh baby, talk to me, like lovers do. Oh, I forgot my donut's still here. Blueberry. Yeah. I am also. <sighs> Sorry, I was taking a big whiff. There you go. There's, right. something you could, there's something you can e- have edited out of context. <laughs> it, there is no context, my friend. All right. All right, man. All right, buddy. I will speak to you soon. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. So why don't we take a five minute break and then uh, and then we'll get to the books. Okay. See you in a few. Mm-hmm. That is a tasty pretzel. Well where well where has my comic book gone? Well where well where can it be? I'm searching myself. God damn it, get these ads off of here. This is a dry pretzel, that's for sure. This needs milk. To the kitchen. Away. Returning from the kitchen, Dr. Bill has absconded, absconded, scounded, absconded, stolen the remnants of the milk in the jug, drinking from the jug. What a pig. Because there's really only one way to eat pretzels. Because milk does the body good. Taking one pretzel in hand, taking a bite, drinking from the milk jug. Being careful not to let the pretzel milk mixture slosh back into said jug. Although I'm going to finish the milk anyway, so 
if I do get a little Metzel backwash, yeah, who cares? Ew. Mm. It could be worse. I could be smoking a cigarette. Let's <laughs> see, you always have to maintain that pretzel to milk ratio to where as you run out of the milk, you want to keep the pretzel milk thing going. So you have to try to make do with less and less milk than when you started. So it's a conundrum. Now, I'm eating pretzel rods. They're rather large, um, you know, and they're like 10, 10 inches long. You know what? I should just stop right here. Mm. Now I have two pretzel rods. I'm going to stick both in my mouth. Looking for milk. I think I have enough milk left to finish these two pretzel rods. Now, are you talking to anyone in particular or just babbling oh, away? I'm discussing eating pretzels and drinking milk. With anyone in particular? Um, yeah, you can put it in if you want. I guess I'll listen to it. Um, I'm actually getting a phone call. I'm going to have to take a break again for a moment. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <sighs> hmm. I do have some more pretzels over here. I could go to the pretzels while Paul goes to the phone call. Let's take a phone call, Jim. Who's on the line? Hello, caller. How are you? Yeah, hi, Dr. Bill. This is Maury Clawhammer. You need to pay us. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to uh, get that call later. Uh, don't, not sure what that was. Must be a bad connection or something. So uh, I'm just going to take a little ice here. I'll do a All right, sorry about that. 